got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> You make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hello, comedy think tankers, uh, and welcome. Oh, are we are we ripping off Mayor like the what the what the tankers what the, the tanker fuckers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was that allowed? I mean, can we do that? I don't know. You, you I, don't, I, can you copyright an intro? <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, the next time, well, when we interview an actual lawyer, we'll we'll ask them. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I, I would guess you can can intro i'm sorry you can copyright a logo if it's like really significant to your brand a logo though yes but like an actual saying like something that you know something that you come up with i mean if mark maron comes on his podcast and says hey what the fuckers you know when we come on and say hey welcome comedy think tankers like I, I don't see how a judge could sit up on the bench in a courtroom and be like, hmm, I really, I really do need to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've got other things I could be, be doing like, right this now. This is dismissed. I have a club sandwich that needs to be eaten, <laughs> and you guys are just interfering with that. Yeah, we're probably, we're probably in the clear. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, in either way, regardless, <laughs> welcome to Comedy Think Tank Podcast with me, Len- uh, Nick Gordon. I almost called myself Leonard, and you, you Leonard Kimball. Yeah, I'm, I'm the black one. I'm over here. Always <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that. Um, no, welcome to another episode. Um, it's good to be. It's good to be doing. We haven't been canceled yet. So. <laughs> no, we haven't been canceled. That's that's good. And and um, Podbean is still taking our money to host our, our podcast. So I guess we're good. Are we paying them? Yeah. This costs oh. money, man. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> That's why I'm not in charge of the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, dozens of dollars a year or something like that. Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Something... Outrageous. Yeah, something outrageous. Some, <laughs> something like when I was a kid, I'd be like, whoa, that's a lot of money. That's so much money. Oh, my God. How am I going to come up with $42? Oh, $42 as a kid is a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money. Uh, our guest today talked about uh, being a kid. And uh, I, 
I, I, yeah, it's good good segue into into that. Julie Poulin yep. uh, came on, and uh, we had a nice conversation with her. Uh, she is a um, you know a local comedian, actor, uh, improver, voiceover lady, um, and just an all around nice woman. Yeah, that, uh, we've great, gotten to know over friend. the years. Great friend. Mm-hmm. And it was really good to sit and have a have a nice conversation with her. Um, but like I said, she did bring up being a kid and, and and where she got her start was basically going in her backyard and acting the fool. Um, <laughs> right, and it, right. it makes me think back. I mean, we're we're in the end of May here, and it makes me you know the weather's getting good, and it makes me remember being a kid and growing up here in Maine as well, and the things that I used to do and. Um, you didn't grow up here in Maine, but you know, yeah. in Maine, basically, as a kid in the '80s and '90s, like you went outside and played sports. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was into it. <laughs> yeah, growing up, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of sports growing up. Uh, I was a, I was a bit of a chubby kid, but I, I do remember like I was chubby too. I, I, well, okay, yeah, we, I guess we're all chubby a little bit. We're all everyone's chubby, I guess. When you're but were a kid. you like really chubby? Uh, I was like um, sometimes I was painfully chubby. Oh. So like I remember like. Uh, this chub hurts so yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> we used to get like banished out of the house. Yeah, and like yeah, don't come back until you know go outside. Go. Yeah, go. yeah. me too. Yeah. yeah, and then like so friends were like so I was in Chicago for people who don't know, yeah. and people were like, okay, we're gonna go down Lakeshore Drive, and yeah. I I lived on the south side, and so the yeah Lakeshore Drive you know hits some of the south side, but like we lived like ten miles from Jesus. <laughs> Lakeshore Drive, right? And so so we, we had our bikes and we were just biking and we just biked forever. Wow. And I remember finally getting to Lakeshore Drive and then we're, you know, we're starting north and trying to, you know, going towards downtown at some point. And I was like, I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm literally going to die. They're going to see me on the way back because they've, they've, they're already miles ahead of me. I'm trying to catch up to them. I can't catch up hey anymore. <laughs> my legs are like burning. My thighs are chafing on my little bike. And I'm like, oh, and I'm just, and I'm like, I have to stop. I have to turn around. Yeah. Uh, and I have to just assume that those guys are okay. They, they didn't get like captured by like marauding Vikings on Lakeshore Drive or anything, something like that. And I was like, I got to go home. I can't do this. Sorry, guys. And that was before cell phones, obviously. So it's not like you could text them and be like, I'm going home, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if they didn't notice you were gone, they just had to assume you were either dead or home. Yeah. They were like, oh, he'll catch up tomorrow, I yeah. guess. Oh, man. <laughs> Fucking kids are the worst. No. So I never did, I never did like Little League or basketball. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 uh, all my family was into that. My cousin was really into baseball and football and all that sort of stuff. And I never did it. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, as a kid in the summer, it was, it was baseball. It was bike riding. As I got older, it was, uh, you know, shooting BB guns and bows and arrows in the woods. And oh, it, yeah, it was. It okay. Was, but I never, I never went more than, I mean, a mile. If I, if I was a mile away from home, my mother would freak out. Oh, wow. So like okay. riding your bike 10 miles, you know, for me, my Mother would have lost her mind. Oh yeah, we we were definitely just like we just you be just gone. do whatever. Yeah, we just gone and then like you come back, come back whenever. That's pretty funny. John Mulaney talks about growing up in Chicago and how when oh. he was like twelve years old, he went to a movie by himself, and then uh, and then he had uh, and then he went to a diner and had lunch and read a magazine, <laughs> and then he went home. <laughs> He's twelve. He, reading yeah, a magazine he was like twelve years old in a diner eating lunch by him. He's, he was like a divorced dad. Or like, <laughs> I think this punchline. Yeah. It's pretty funny, but he grew up in Chicago too, and I yeah, guess. it's crazy. Like I used to, I think about how sort of independent I was growing up, 
Yeah. And I would, I mean, I'd re- I'd ride the the bus all by myself to and from school. I won't ride the bus today. Yeah. <laughs> by myself. <laughs> so like sometimes I would, yeah, I'd be out there all by myself waiting about it, waiting for the school bus, the public. I'm sorry, not the school bus, the, the public bus. Yeah. Go to school. Sometimes I wouldn't have care. Uh, uh, fair for the way home, or yeah. I would lose the token or whatever, and I just, I just fucking walk wow. five miles. I have to walk home, <laughs> and my my mom's job was right along the the bus route. Yeah, and I'd be too embarrassed to go in and tell her that I was out of money. So, so, so be, you I just was, like I would walk by, and there are big windows. She worked at the Illinois College of Optometry, and there were big windows there on the road, and I and I would skirt by, yeah. hoping that she didn't somehow see me. Jeez, that's <laughs> I would funny. Get home, and I'd be home by myself for like hours until she got home. And you're like 12 years old. Oh yeah, younger than that yeah. for oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, different times, obviously. Um, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Than it is now. I, I can't even imagine not taking a child to where they need to be and dropping them off and being there with them and like, uh-huh. you know. And my kids are 12 and 9 right now, and I just I don't know. Yeah, parenting's different now, I guess. Yeah, my my wife and I had a breakthrough uh, just last week. Yeah, we went out and spent the the night out for our anniversary. We decided let happy the, anniversary. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> decided to let the kids be home alone by themselves. By themselves, and we got home, and the house was still there. And hopefully, no axe murderers listen to. <laughs> yeah, <the podcast>. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many listeners. Though, oh, so that's right too. Yeah, axe murderers listening. Listen and they would, Axe the murderers mur- would actually email us and say, what a great job we're doing. Yeah. Comment on the post. <laughs> uh, our fans are less than Axe murderers because <laughs> they don't say a word about anything. Did you listen to the podcast? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's great. I did. Uh-huh. I mean, we have the numbers to prove that people are listening. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, that, there's that one random guy in Germany who keeps listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Germany, Thank uh, you, whoever Germany. you are. Uh, we really appreciate you listening in <laughs> to all our comedy think tankers. Yeah, comedy think tankers. What Man. the think tank? <laughs> <laughs> if, if it hasn't been uh, copyrighted yet, we're going to do that. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's possible. But yeah, sure. Let's find a way. Uh-huh. Let's find a way and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Julie Poulin? Oh, she was great. Yeah. I, I remember meeting her uh, when she did like a, a corporate gig for mm-hmm. a bank I worked at. And and it was like improv during comedy, like murder mystery or something yeah. like that with, with Dennis Price. And and uh, it was I was like, that is that is incredible. This is way before <laughs> I, had, I had any idea I was going to get into comedy. Like, yeah. What they just did that was fantastic. <laughs> I can't believe that ha- that just happened. And then meeting Julie in stand-up comedy class that, yeah. that Don put on. I'm like, oh, I recognize you. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. pretty cool. Nice mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. I, 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 my fondest memory is of, uh, of her kicking my ass in a comedy competition. Uh-huh. And I didn't even know who she was. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is, this is ridiculous. I've been doing this for years now. And she's better than I am? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's yeah. not right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's no, been a pleasure really to make friends with all these, everyone, anyone and everyone, and, and, and have a, a commonality of, you know, trying to make people laugh. So Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, it's been really, like, I probably said this before, it's been life-changing. It's like, it's yeah. like, I didn't think that I would do this sort of thing. Yeah. And I was always super, super shy growing up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still relatively shy, but I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more comfortable on a, a microphone now, and I'm, I'm okay well it comes from all the days of riding your bike up lakeshore drive and getting left behind by your friends you had to get comfortable with yourself (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh man 
So, Boy. all right. Well, let's kick it over to the interview. Okay. I think we've talked enough. All right, everybody. Julie Poulin. Thank you. So, hello, and welcome to Comedy Think Tank Podcast with Leonard Kimball. I'm Nick Gordon. We're here today with Julie Poulin. <laughs> Took you a minute. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It's early. Hello, it's early. Julie. How are you? I'm well, Leonard. Thank you. And hi, Nick. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm Excellent. great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Pleasure to, pleasure to be here with you in the downstairs of Leonard's garage this time. <laughs> it's much cooler. Yeah, the uh, the million-dollar renovations we're doing to the upstairs <laughs> did, so far did not involve uh, air conditioning or a fan or opening any windows. So. <laughs> and my level of fandom does not allow me into the billion-dollar renovations. Yeah, exactly. so. that's, that's the champagne room <laughs> right. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the whole window of champagne rooms for me closed about 30 years ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we do our own sound effects here. Julie... Uh, Comedy Think Tank Podcast yeah. <laughs> wants to know <laughs> <laughs> about comedy and Julie Poulin. Uh, when did it all start? Okay. So, I mean, like a lot of people, um, I was a kid and mm. um, super hyperactive kid. Um, and no surprise to those of you who know me, I have a lot of energy. I talked a lot as a kid. I got in a lot of trouble at school for talking. I was a, you know, I was a good student, but I just couldn't. And then what I realized was, oh, wait a minute. I can also make the class laugh. <laughs> um, and then I would do like full-on productions in my backyard in Randolph, Maine, you know, in this little, little one square mile. Um, we built a stage in my backyard. Oh and my yeah, I basically commanded the neighborhood at like 10. It's like, <laughs> okay, so this, you know, this Sunday we'll be playing the Wizard of Oz. I'm going to be Dorothy, the lion, the scarecrow. <laughs> The rest of you can be my munchkins right. and go. You can hold this bush and ha stand in the background. But it was an outlet for like uh, being so hyperactive. I felt like it just let me just cut loose with all the characters and the silliness. And nice. So that's really how I started. Stand-up did not start for me until um, three years ago, really. Yeah. I was 54 years old when I decided to try stand-up. <laughs> but in between being 10 years old and 54 years old, you, you were a comedic actress of sorts? Yeah, I did uh, 25 years of what's uh, in Maine. It's called Murder Mystery Dinner Theater. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I traveled throughout the state, um, all, all pretty much New England, and you would go to different restaurants and perform murders, basically, with you know different genres. Like, this is the family reunion show. This is the attack. Italian wedding show. This is the pirate show. And a murder would take place and somebody in the audience has to kind of figure out who did it and why. And uh, I did that for 25 years and, wow. and I loved it. And uh, I've also done, because some people are like, dinner theater. <laughs> <laughs> I've also done a lot of, you know, regular theater as well. Staged productions. I did a professional show in Falmouth a couple of years ago. And um, that was really my first love when I got into high school as a drama club that I get yeah. into because they've shockingly wasn't super popular <laughs> <laughs> and then you got into drama club too so it became even less popular, yeah when right? i tell my yeah. kids that that like oh, i was i was in the drama club in high school they're like oh god mom you were one of those kids <laughs> yeah, on the back stairs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. too you cool couldn't, you couldn't have done band you weren't cool enough for band. no I, well, I i have no musical talent <laughs> except for singing uh that's questionable too is it oh, okay. <laughs> So did you do any any sort of official studying for like acting and improv or you just you just got into it and that this is what hey this is what I really love doing? Uh improv's taken a lot of, you know, obviously courses. I Leonard you and I have been to some, you know, right. Den that Dennis Price has put on um Tuck, 
you know, lots of that. Um, but that got born out of um, I met a guy, Bob Nixon. Okay. Rest in peace, Bob. Um, had uh, did improv for a long time in Maine. And I met him through Mystery for Hire. And he was like, I want you to try improv. And he, he was really good for a teacher because, as you know, <laughs> improv has like a ton of rules. Yeah. And yeah. you can be loose with them. But there are definite, you know, rules. Well, he was not loose with them. Oh, you know, okay. and then like after the show, you'd get like feedback. <laughs> so, hey, you know that time when you said, no, don't ever do that again. You know, <laughs> um, when you got low on the stage and they couldn't see you, don't ever do that again. So I learned so much from him. So they were good notes. They 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 hurt at the moment. Yeah. I, I struggle with the the term constructive criticism. <laughs> 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 but yes, they were great notes, and I learned a lot from him. The acting thing, I think, you know, truth be told, was um, born out of just being a weird kid. My parents got divorced when I was really young. And I created fantasy worlds in my own life to make things better, you yeah. know, um, and that born into like, I started imitating people in my family, you know, becoming characters and uh -huh. that, and I lived this weird life. When I was in fourth grade, I kept a journal, like, like Harriet the Spy. And I was convinced like all my neighbors were up to stuff, you know, and I wrote this whole stuff about the two old ladies, the Tolman sisters who actually killed every lawn boy. They, it was ridiculous, uh -oh. but that's where that all kind of got born out of. I just had this rich fantasy world that I would immerse myself in and become that person. Yeah. So it was weird. <laughs> you didn't have TV? Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> however, in, uh, you know, we did not have cable television, Nick. I was a kid. I was born in the early 60s um, and grew wow. up during the 70s and we did not have cable television. I grew up in the 80s and we didn't have cable yeah. either. And, so. uh, my, you know, I bought a, my first uh, VHS system I bought when I was 19 for $800. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> 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 we didn't have a couch to sit on, but that VHS was sweet mm. in my apartment. Eight hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god, that's hard to imagine buying uh, an electronic for that amount of money. Well, we had to pay on time. <laughs> What's oh, that mean? Like, like, like layaway? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Payment schedule. <laughs> had to go down to Frank Parmelo's in Augusta every week and be like, "Here's oh forty bucks. God. Here's forty bucks." But our friends, it was me and my husband. We moved in together. We were really young, and our friends thought we were so cool because we had a VHS. <laughs> you know, like check us out. Yeah. Uh, just get a lawn chair. You know, yeah. come on yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your beanbag. <laughs> so I, I think comedy has been therapy for me, weirdly enough. For those of you who still mm -hmm. think I need it, it's why I continue to do it. Yeah. So. Do you do therapy as well? I have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah I have. <laughs> um, I don't. I. I. You know. I know this is a comedy podcast, but to be perfectly honest, I. I think it's. Uh, you know. There's no stigma with that. Uh, no, there shouldn't be. You know. No. And as a kid, you know, like I said, my parents divorced. I did not have a relationship with my dad, and that sculpts you as an adult to whatever decisions you make and right if you don't if you don't deal with them yep you're gonna deal with them yep. just maybe not in the you know healthiest ways and i already eat every emotion i have so i gotta really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try to buckle down here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no i think it's a very healthy thing to do yeah i, I do too yeah. and i think uh being funny helps and i have two kids and and i they their mother and i are divorced and and i tell them like let's let's be when we're together let's be as funny as we can be say whatever you want as long as it's funny yeah and just don't you know swear but they still swear 
because they're kids. Because it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's totally yeah. cool. Do you remember yeah. the first time like you like you threw out the swear, like let's yeah. see if this lands, and you're like, oh, it's yeah. so cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big, big, big moment. Yeah, and my <laughs> mother was a school teacher and it was not a big moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she she looks as that as, you know, a lack of intelligence that you you can't think of another word, you know, and that's all you throw out. And if you heard my brother, that's pretty much his entire vocabulary. And he's, little, is he not intelligent? Your brother? No, so it was passive aggressive. Oh, my mother hates this? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Up. What it's, word don't you want to hear, Ma? Right, okay. exactly. I'm going to say it incessantly. <laughs> Guess so, what's yeah. happening next? <laughs> going back to comedy, though, the, the, uh, what do you think about swearing in comedy? What, what do you think? I about? don't do it. You don't. Um, yep. I don't. I don't. I, I occasionally I might throw one in there when I kind of feel, which is weird because I'll I'll determine like, oh, the audience is laughing at people who do that, so I'll just zing it in there and something. But normally, it, I don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Part of that is from improv. When I when I started doing mm. improv. We called it PG-13. It's like yeah. we wanted families to be able to come, um, you know, bring their 10-year-old kids and be silly and crazy. And so – and Mystery for Hire was the same way. We touted it as innuendo but never you – know, so – as Dennis Price likes to say, Julie, they kick the dirty out of you. Because I just, like, it's, it's, like, it's not in me uh-huh. to do that, yep. you know. Uh, I don't mind it if other people do, you know. And if it's if it's done well and it's done with for a reason mm-hmm. and not just I want to say it, yeah, it's great. It doesn't bother me. They're, they're words. I don't get wound up about words, you yep. know. Some people freak out like, oh, I hate that word. It's just a word. You know, you choose to hate a word. It's a little weird. Somebody somebody said the other day, oh, I hate that word. It wasn't like a bad word. It wasn't like the C word or the F word. Or it was like a different word. I couldn't remember. remember. Something simple, though. Like, it's like, what? How can like, you hate? Like door. Like or door. moist. Like, <laughs> moist. Know, yeah. When yeah. That's that a good moist. It's so gross. Oh, damn. What? It's just a word. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. The, to, be, to take offense. I hate offense. mint ice cream, not moist. <laughs> <laughs> mint ice cream is gross. It's um, toothpaste in a bowl. Thank ugh. you. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, there's no need for it. There's no need for yeah. it. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, I got I mean, into a huge debate with my daughter-in-law the other day about this. It's like, really? It's the worst. Yeah. What? My wife brings home mint ice cream and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can have some. I'm like, oh, no, I yeah. don't want any of that. I mean, there's like, only 55,000 other right. good flavors. <laughs> like, why do we need to It's choose? toothpaste. With chocolate. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense to me. (laughs) Your dentist would not be like, here's Colgate and some chocolate chips. Four four out of five dentists would agree, but three of the podcasting participants right here know that. No, I love it. I love it. No, for a fact. That's great. No, language doesn't bother me. It's their words. I don't... It, language yeah. is tough. Being a, being a parent and all, I think we can all agree that you know language is hard because you want these kids and that you know they're going to learn these words yeah. at school and different things like that. It, it, it's unavoidable. But <laughs> the to, first the first time my daughter yeah. used a curse word that I know about was in a text to me. <laughs> right. So I've never like I've never like heard or seen them use curse words, but she she sent a curse word to me in a text. <laughs> in what context did she send that text? Uh, I think I, I think I was punishing it? her for like because I'm an electron, I'm a technologist, and so I know how to turn off the internet and stuff on uh. our, our firewall and stuff like that. And so she said something like, um, "Why do I even have a fucking laptop?" <laughs> <laughs> well, million was, dollar question, really. Like, she yeah. used it in the right context. Yeah. So I'm going to give her I'm kudos like, on I, it. And yeah. I stared at it for a while. And I'm like, "Oh, what? What?" 
okay. What the? I'm like, do I answer the question or yeah. <laughs> do, I, do I address the swearing? Yeah, address the swearing. Well, she caught you in a loophole. It's yeah. <laughs> a good one. I will say that I do I do kind of agree with my mother. If you you know you go overboard with it, you know, it, you're you're not thinking. You're not coming up with, you know, I'm frustrated even. Something just yeah. as simple as that, yeah. you know. I get it. When you're super angry, that word feels great yeah. to throw that out there. It's like there, da relief. You know, but yep. constant use of swearing, I you know, and I also have a job that I can't do that. Don't ask where I work. No. Nope. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a... I think psychologically speaking, when you do, when you like stub your toe and you swear, uh, I think it, it, somewhere in your brain, it releases some pain killing. For sure. You For know, sure. is it an endorphin? I don't know what, but uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah, some yeah. sort of chemical Feels good reaction. when, you, when, when yep. it's used appropriately. Yep. Overkill. Exactly. I mean, we've all met that person where you're like, wow, you know, throw an adjective in there or something. <laughs> and now, you know, just like, Work just like 2% harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, do you know any other words? Yeah. But you know, it doesn't bother me. It's it's difficult in stand up when when you when you know that a crowd is getting uh, pleasure out of it is somebody swearing. We had we had a, a show the other night where someone she knew that she if she dropped the c word or the f word she knew she'd have them and yeah. she did it and mm-hmm. it worked it great. It was perfect. She had a great set. And, I think if it's comfortable yeah. with that person, yep. which is probably why I don't do it because I think people would instantly be like, "That's not her," right? You know what I mean? That's you 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 know you, you yeah. people are like yeah they can pull that off they're cool they're I'm so not cool I've never even been on the fringe of cool you know so it's like I can't pull that off. Well, I beg to differ. I think I think what we do is kind of cool with the comedy and whatnot. I think it's. I think in our circle it's it, cool, it but I got a feeling mm-hmm. that like people in the audience might Damn be it. like, she's a bit of a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like some having some weird superpower that we don't really understand as much of a power because people will come up to me like, oh yeah, you do comedy and like, oh yeah, go you, oh that's awesome. Can, can we can we go to a show or like, oh how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't. I don't really know how I do that. It's not, it's not really much. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got into it and I'm really trying to find a way to get out of it. Right. <laughs> I will I will say it like what I what one of the great conversations that I've had with people is okay, so I love sta- I love being on stage, obviously. Um mm-hmm. the lead up to going on stage, I absolutely hate. Yeah. Um it's it's a good fifteen minutes to thirty minutes of why am I doing this? <laughs> Why, why, why do I keep doing this? You're getting too old for this. Oh my God, do you really need the adoration of strangers this bad? Yeah. You know, and then it's, I don't know any of my jokes. I've forgotten. Oh my God, what's the order? How do they go? I'm literally at the point of nausea. I go pee six times in like a 15 minute time frame. Sweat. I'm reading the notes, reading the notes, reading the notes. I go up. I do the 20 minute set. Through the entire 20 minute set, I am having an out of body experience. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm kind of not there. Yeah. I'm okay. there and I'm telling these jokes yeah. and I'm hearing the laughs, but Julie's over here because she just can't deal. Like, why are you doing this? Like your soul leaves your body <laughs> so and watches weird. you perform. It's so just watching the weird. Show. Exactly. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, that connection's lost. Wow. Then after, it's massive high. Yeah. And then yeah. I go back for more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird, like, like emotional roller coaster I'm on for the entire show. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, you, you move up in the order of where you appear, yep. you know, in a, in a, in a comedy showcase or yeah, whatever. Right. I'm always like, can I just be first? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like ready to be sick. You yeah. know, yeah. I just let me just go and do this. You know, <laughs> like, Right. I, I feel the same way sometimes. There, there are times before shows where I'm just like, 
I would have just as much fun if I just sat in the audience. Yeah. Can I just sit in the audience and watch? <laughs> I know and, I'm in the lineup. But. I know I'm in the lineup, but I just want to watch comedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to do my 10 minutes? Like, okay, I guess. Sure. And then, and then yeah, I want to go first also because I, I want to I relax. I want to have a beer, and I can't drink that much before I perform because yeah, I, I don't always either. fuck I don't up either. something. Yeah. Uh, and so I just want to I just want to, I want to get up there and get my laughs. And it, and it is like out of body. Like, I... I picture myself up here performing, yeah, and it's like it's not me doing it because I, because I, I'm sort of like I'm a little more robotic, you know, because I know this joke after that joke and after that joke, and here's where I pause and here's where blah 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 blah, yeah. I kind of look at it. This is going to sound really weird, but like we, everyone's we're characters in this lifetime, okay? So sure. we have our regular job where you know. You work at the court character and Leonard's IT character and Julie does her job character. And then we are parents and we perform differently at that role. Mm -hmm. And we are friends and we are different with our different friends. And so when I do stand up, it's just another character of my life. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of, it's, people find it very interesting. Like Leonard said, you know, they're just like, oh my God, you know, how do you do that? And I, there isn't a. To me, I don't know how I do it. I really couldn't tell you why I do it because yeah. for most of the time, I'm literally miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but you do so well at it. And what, so, what, so what prompted you to, to try stand-up? I mean, I guess it was three years ago, like, same with me, right? Yeah. Okay. We were in the class together. Yeah. And I did it for a friend. So mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, cause, you, know, you guys are so funny, that you have heard, you know, from your friends, oh, my God, you're so funny. You should do stand-up. You're so funny. You should do stand-up. <laughs> yeah. And I w- always was under the impression, like, yeah, I'm conversationally funny. You know, I can zing and be sarcastic. Yeah. But, you know, stand up and be funny. You know, go. You know? <laughs> right. I was like, ooh, I don't want no part of that. You know, that's <laughs> a lot of pressure. I, you know. And then uh, my friend Dan Roy, who uh, did Mystery Junior Theater for 25 years, said, hey, they're having a stand-up class in Lewiston, adult ed. Will you come with me? Uh-huh. So yeah. I was like, sure, I'll take it with you. Whatever. I had yeah. no intention, you know, of like, I don't need this also in my life, you know? <laughs> I, do I got enough, enough problems. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's, I kind of did the graduation class and um, then I went to Empire. We did the summer Empire. It was like right oh. like that summer, the yeah. summer thing. And I made it all the way to the semifinals. And right. I was like, what the... <laughs> what? How is this happening? Because you were fan fucking tastic uh, at it. <laughs> I, I love you. I love you guys too much. Thank you. Um, yeah. And again, I'm probably my my biggest worst critic. You know that. I, yeah. like, I hate my stuff. Yeah. I hate my set. They hated me. Mark's like, Julie, they were dying. I'm like, no, they hate it. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to listen to you in a car ride recently talk about how bad you are going on the way up and then on the way back after you just killed. <laughs> Self-loathing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you did well in that in that contest. Then you you won the um, Mark Turcotte's uh, Bare Bones contest yeah. at the Titus Maine's Five. Titus Five, yeah. Titus Five. And then the following March, uh, Central Maine's Funniest Comedian. Yeah, really? At a, yeah, at it, was, it was crazy. Center. The first year was a little weird. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say though, you know, um, Franco centers my people. Let, I'm not, you know, let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> Julie. Poolin. Hey, recognize that good French name? That's right. <laughs> and look, the crowd's middle-aged. They're going to understand my incontinence stuff, okay? <laughs> I go to Portland. And preach, it's, just that preach. <laughs> you've been there when oh, I talk yeah. about some of my getting older stuff, and you'll hear a woman, yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. You know, but I go to, like, somewhere in Portland, hmm. you know, and there are 
millennials and kids, they're my kids' age, and they're just like, why is mom here talking about her vagina? This isn't funny. <laughs> mom, shut up, shut up. Like, like, nobody wants to hear this. We don't want to even know that you have one. <laughs> Didn't the government take that away? Right. <laughs> Isn't it like after 40, you're not allowed to talk about it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Three competitions in the first year, finalist or finalist or, or, or champion. Finalist or winner. Yeah, that's, wow. pretty, that's a pretty impressive run. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you. And I really appreciate that. And I don't, yeah. uh, I don't take any of, any of it for granted. You yeah. know, like, I mean, like you said, we had a car ride the other day and I think I'm horrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, everyone doesn't think you're horrible. Well, so I, and, you know, the, I will say I had this conversation with somebody the other day that, you know, we all have different pockets of our life. And when I left um, Mystery Fire, it was hard. It was 25 years. But when something feels like work, yep. when you start that, like, oh, I got to go do this tonight. Okay. Time to reevaluate. You know, there are people who would just kill to do that, you know, and lovingly do that. And I had such a good run with that. But it was hard. This was a group of people that, you know, supported that creative part of you, you know. And and I was – I'm so excited to say that, like, I have all of that with the comedy people, you know. Yeah. Leonard, Nick, Don, Mark. There's such a – Nick, you know, Nate. There's such a tight little group and I, yeah. I love it. I, It's like, you know, they've let the old lady in and it means the world to me, oh. you know. It's like it's uh, just – it's great to, at my age, still be creative and be asked to be creative. We so. we, we like having you there because we, we, we see ourselves, you know, a few years into the future <laughs> going, can we still do this? Yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> Thank you for the few years. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, something really horrible, but I, I pulled back. You, you don't have to. It's me. <laughs> That was my improv skills. I don't yeah. know if you guys. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. yes. And you were great at and it. And I edited it on the fly. <laughs> Nick's been working on that. That's awesome. So, uh, so talk okay. about your, your writing process. Like, so, uh, what, what inspires you to actually write the things around? What, what process do you go through for, for your stand up? I think like everybody's life is funny. Funny things happen to us. You know what I mean? Most of what I, I, my set on stage, um, is true. Mm-hmm. Maybe the tagline's not true. Maybe the end of it, but it's true. And I'll just have moments where I'm like, that's hilarious. You know, if this actually happened, this would be so funny. Yeah. Weirdly enough, where I get most of my stuff is I'll be driving in the car, yeah. lost in a thought, and something will pop into my head. The the battery joke that I tell, okay? I okay. I yeah. I got that in my head on the way to the Titus Five. Oh wow! It just uh. popped in my head, and I, I, and I'm literally driving, writing on the side, <laughs> right. like, "Don't forget this. This is and, gold." You know, yeah. uh, some there of were three been... literal deaths in yeah. that crowd that night because of that joke. <laughs> oh god! But I, <laughs> it, so it pops in my head, and then I have such a great relationship with both my boys. But my youngest Jesse, I will call and be like, "All right, just listen to this one." You know, what, what you, he, he'll tell me, "I'm like, Mom, that's God, that's awful, don't you?" Know that's I mean? awful. That's perfect. Right, you know? But uh, yeah, most of it pops in my head in the car, and my writing process is, I'll just write a word that I think is funny, and then I'll be like, "Okay, work through that." But then I'll think about like just experiences that you know I have with being married a long time, my mother, my family relationships. Yeah. So because uh-huh. I think life's funny. Hilarious, you know, yeah. and if you look at it to be funny, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's crazy. So, do you do you feel we've asked this of other guests? Do you feel that comedians have an like people who have a comedic mind have an easier way of dealing with real major issues in life? I actually think it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but do you I, think that us that who try to do try to make other people laugh on a regular basis that we have an even more enhanced level of 
of coping skills? I don't know because I kind of see that need to make other people laugh is uh, to feel accepted, mm-hmm. to have, I mean, when I jokingly say I need the adoration of strangers, I do. Yeah. You know, that, that applause is what brings you back. That, that yeah. laugh is what brings you back. And that is all you. You know, that's yeah. all you're internalizing. I don't know if that's a coping or as um, it's, it's a way to feel connected to, to people, community, life. You know, I, to me, that's how I look at it. I need yep. it. Yep. I mean, I've been performing, like I said, since I was a kid yep. um, because I want that. I want people to be like, yes, you're, you're worthy. You're, you know, you're fabulous, <laughs> you know, because the, the person in your head that you think you are, you're actually better than that. Don't worry about it. You yep. know, because <laughs> The self-loathing creeps in after, you know? So I, I think I do it for that reason. So, But I use comedy as a coping mechanism. I think, you know, a lot of, lot of people do, you know? It's better to be funny, laugh at yourself, yeah. you know, make, make jokes about your, yourself, your weight, your age, your, you know, your gender, whatever, before other people do. When something really bad happens, though, do you immediately try to find what's funny about it? Yeah. Uh, it's weird because both my sons also, we have a really gruesome, horrible sense of humor that like mm. we'll only do with each other. Cause yeah. it's like, people would hate us if yeah. they heard us doing this. So like if a relative dies, the three right, of you are right, making fun right. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, we did, um, at, at, you were there. We did, um, the bare bones. We did that night of death. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the death talk. Right. And normally, you know, I try to be sweet, Julie, you know, and I went up and I was like, so my father died immediately um, after having a stroke and it was like instant. Yeah. But it was the first time he actually followed through on something. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what everybody did. Uh, oh. oh. That was, that like, was oh. the point of the night, though. Like, we were to make right. fun but, of this. But when, <laughs> most people in, in circles are like, You're, that's, that's, that's messed up. Don't do that. <laughs> most normal people. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't find your father dying of a you know, stroke hilarious, but... My father's still alive, but I, that would be pretty. Yeah, I think yeah. he'd actually think that's funny because he does not follow through on well, anything. I can, I can picture that. Yeah, you know? well, my dad didn't either, so yeah. you know. But it was just so funny because I got the moans, and I was like, "Ooh, that's the yeah. first time I've gotten them to turn on me." <laughs> I don't like that ever. Yeah. Well, no, like, and, and some comedians do. Mark Turcott, you know. <laughs> I don't want the audience to turn on me. No, no, no. I feel that. Uh, when you going back to mystery for hire and, and improv, um, did you ha- still have that same feeling that that dread, that half hour buildup of dread doing no, those? No, it, that really is stand up. Yep. And I'll tell you why. You're standing there by yourself. There yeah. ain't nobody going to bail you out of this. Yep. You know, and we at least I have had sets that didn't go as as planned. Not you know they didn't crash, but they you know yep. they got some very tepid. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when's the next comedian on? Let's hope they're funnier <laughs> than this chick. You know, and that'll get in your head really fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because then my set becomes a moving train. Like yep. I can realize, like I am, I am speeding through this. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not even giving them now time to like laugh at this. <laughs> Where like if they laugh, you slow down, you relax into it, and you're just milking it. You know, like uh-huh. here we go. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. And it's so weird. But with with improv, you have a, a, at least three other people, or at least one standing there that's like, hey, if this just isn't your night, right. I got gotcha. you. You'll yeah. be the straight guy. You know, I got you. Yeah. And so I don't ever have that feeling with improv because I know I don't have to. If I don't make them last, three other people will. And yeah. I'll just be a lamp or I'll be, a, you know, a table or a car, whatever they need. And, and then, I don't have to be funny yeah. tonight. Uh-huh. And then Mystery for Hire is scripted. 
So there are scripted jokes in it. And the difference with that is you become a character. So I'm not Julie Poulin from Mammoth May. Uh, you know, I'm crazy Doris, you know, the your, your cousin from Arkansas, you know, and I can play this really bizarre woman, you know, who has an annoying voice. And so it's completely different. But stand up. I feel like you're, that's the most vulnerable place to be. <laughs> Other than naked on your first date. That's, and I think that's why I get it. Like, I don't feel good. I don't think I should be doing this. It's, yeah. It goes right back to the night of I lost my virginity. Like, I don't think I should be doing this. <laughs> I'm feeling really vulnerable right now. And then, you know, I want to throw up. But then after, woo, that was a high. <laughs> Are you talking about the virginity? Both. Throwing up? Okay. <laughs> so when you're, when you're on stage doing stand-up, do you think the improv and the acting has helped you or, or do you ever do any crowd work i don't i don't know if i've seen you do crowd work, i do but, not but do the, crowd work does the improv and acting sort of help you on stage the improv does because i'm not thrown off when they yell something mm. okay? okay i don't mind not heckling but you know sometimes they'll just like oh i hear you i know and I'll, you know and i'll talk to him for a second i do not invite them to play with me though yeah and that comes from mystery for hire and because um and even though you know we've told not to do it stand up but in mystery for hire People come out, they go to dinner yeah. and they're having about four drinks and mystery fires. <laughs> I'm right at your table. Yeah. You know, I'm at your table. I'm a character. I'm in your face. You're now relaxed and you're starting to think you're part of this show. You know, <laughs> I have had inappropriate things said to me, you know, smacked my ass during the show. I mean, you know, uh -huh. people forget like, Hey, still a human being here. Yeah. Um, but we learned quickly. You got to shut that down. Yeah. They can't be part of the show. You know, there's... So what I what we did with that, and it's what I've done at stand up, is I ignore it. Oh, okay. Like that's not happening. Uh -huh. You huh. know, House of Bacon. Yeah, <laughs> they're blabbing, they're talking. The waitress is yelling. I'm getting heckled by the guy at the last table. Like, get her off that stage. Yeah. I ignore it completely. And of course, I was a mother of two teenage boys, so this comes very naturally <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I ignore it. But the improv part, yes. I don't get thrown if somebody yells something out. It's like, that's all right. You know, I'll yell back for a second. Um, I think it helps physicality-wise. You yeah. know, I, I like to be physical on stage, and I think improv teaches you that, you know, yeah. instead of just standing there, you know. So, yeah, mm. it helped a lot. I also think you have a leg up, and I'm, I think you notice it, like, when people come into stand-up that have already been on stage doing other stuff. Oh, for sure. Stage presence right, right there. You've right. got that already. So that's out of the way, yep. you know? So that was a huge help for me. You know, it's like I wasn't nervous about being on stage. Speaking so. in front of people right. and yep, having them watch you, having them look you, be the center of attention. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're also working on uh, voiceover or uh, voice acting. Yes. Uh, so you're on rest the Restless Shores. Restless Shores. Yeah, it's a podcast. Okay. It's a soap opera. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, 15 minutes of a uh, scandalous salaciousness, uh, 15 minutes at a time. And that just came about in some weird, you know, like I said, you know, uh, as I get older, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of plays for women my age. There's not a lot of roles for women my age. And I love stand up, but I have to have other creative outlets that are like just to feed me. And I saw a audition for it and I was like, and a lot of people have said to me, you have a unique voice. There's something, you know, I can hear you before you're in a room and I know that's Julie. You know, I know that yeah. voice. And I, then I said to my husband, I want to retire and just be that person who does like, um, you know, those horrible videos you have to watch at work. <laughs> Today we will discuss ethics and code of conduct at work. 
please turn to page one while we discuss. I'm like, that's what I want to do when yeah. I retire. I just want to make bank doing horrible <laughs> training videos. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. And they make money. Mm-hmm. And it's still a creative outlet. Like with Restless Shores, I, you know, I play this character. And right now my character is pretending to be another person. So I'm a character within a character. And it's oh, like fun. freaking fabulous. You know? <laughs> um, so I love it. Yes. And uh, that came at a really, really good time for me. I was kind of slowing down on the stand-up. I hadn't really written anything new. There were no shows coming up. And then I stumbled on that audition and I was like, let me just see what happens. So it was awesome. Cool. You're you're Regina Miranda? Regina Miranda. That's right. Um, She's a part-time bar manager and part-time thief. Okay. Ooh, nice. Right. But currently she's now trying to infiltrate Luna Cosmetics, (laughs) pretending to be Rachel. (laughs) And Rachel's like really nice and super flirty with Alan. And Regina, Regina is not. Oh, funny. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. And it's like I said, it's a soap opera in every sense of the word. There's amnesia. There's brain transplants. There's you know illegal marriages. A there's I killed someone. I'm free as a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to the episode and, and it was like, oh, you married the clone instead of the right one. And like, what? You probably should have gone back to the beginning. <laughs> I, I don't know if that would help. It's just, it's a soap opera in every sense of the word. And they, my mother is older. And so I, she lives in Florida. And I was like, mom, if you, want, you know, you want to hear my voice or whatever. And she's like, I can't follow this. <laughs> but yet she can watch The Young and the Restless. Yeah, she did for years. But now she's like, I can't follow this. Oh, she's too funny. But no, I, I absolutely love it. It's uh, It's been really good for me to, to, to have another outlet. Nice. And I think I've been really lucky, you know, I don't want to use the word career, but in as, as, as far as my acting and improv and all of that stuff goes, just when something's ending, something new starts for me. I'm so blessed to have that happen, you know, in my, in my world. And I've met people along the way that have helped me. You know, I think tremendously. that's it, is, is as you go, you realize, oh, there's something else. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, there's another thing. Exactly. Like, yeah, and then you this. just stretch and stretch yeah. and stretch. Yeah. And then all of those people blend together because yeah. like, um, you know, I knew, I know people in my, you know, my mystery for higher life that now know a lot of the stand-up comedians. Yep, right. I, I, you know, friends from improv prior to doing underground improv are now friends with my improv, pe- you know, and it's yep. blended into this huge, wonderful, creative bucket, you know, yeah. and I love it. So, so cool. it's yeah. awesome. It is. It is very fun to. Uh, I'm. I'm excited to see what's next for all of us. Really, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's such. I mean, what do you think about this community here in Maine? Like, it, 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 would people be surprised outside of Maine? Do you think that? Oh, I totally have, think they would. Yeah, you know, and I also think we underestimate ourselves because we're from Maine. That might be right too. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, I think right. we're like, oh well, you know, I'm funny here. Yeah. You, you can be funny anywhere, no, you know. What you can't do is jokes about, you know, here, so you know, in Texas. <laughs> well, a lot so of no that one's... stuff is pretty funny, though. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the trouble if, if they, here. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's to me, it's the, what is that statement? It's called evergreen. You have to have material that you can do right, right. anywhere, yep. and people can always relate with relationships, mm-hmm. whether it be with your mother, your husband, your spouse, your boyfriend. That people connect instantly with that because we all have those. We all have that wacky relative relation, you know, and to me that's, but I think we underestimate ourselves. I have seen people in Maine that I think have been better than people I have seen in other places in the United States, you know, and I'm like, these people are great. We just don't have the population here to become huge, you know, to, it's just never going to, you know, but 
I kind of like that we're huge in our own little world. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're like little mini rock stars. You know, granted, it's a craft run around in front of 16 people, but damn it, I am a rock star that night. You yeah. know, it's awesome. It, that's true. I had that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I had that feeling recently. It was. And it's awesome. Yeah. When you have a good set mm-hmm. and people come up to you after, like, you're funny. That mm-hmm. was funny. Yeah. Nothing feels better than that. Yeah. Nothing. You know, when you're just like, oh my God, thank you so much. When you get in your car, you're like, oh, I crushed it tonight. You know? it's like, yeah. Nothing feels better than that. Nothing. So true. So true. Another, another outlet you've had for creativity has been you've been joining Mark on Mark Turcott on, on the on the radio as a co-host every <laughs> once in a while. That, that's been fun too. It's been a blast. And the, the best part of that is Mark has to be really careful what he asked for. Okay. <laughs> he was on the radio one day and it was a Friday. And you know, I, I listen to him because it's Mark and I, you know, it's like, it's so cool to hear a friend, you yeah. know, just on yeah. the radio. It's super cool, you yeah. know, and love the 80s music, so it works out well. And Perfect. I have to be careful sometimes. I wrote to him Friday, I'm like, I'm aware this isn't a request line, but if you got crazy by seal, you want to throw that on for me? <laughs> <laughs> but there was one Friday where I heard him just be like, he was tired. He was like, I oh, mean, I need a co-host today. Just anybody come on down, right? And so uh-huh. I texted him and I'm like, well, what time do I got to get there? And he was like, come, come anytime you want, right? So I went and did the show, closed it with the Lawrence Welk closing. <laughs> Because I'm just a whack job. And then Mark was like, that was great. You come anytime you want. Oh. Well, it, you got to be really careful about that. So uh, when he just did the, uh, the For the Love of Pets uh, thong, I just showed up. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, we're doing this together. So Put yeah, to careful work. what you ask for. <laughs> Have you ever been on radio before? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Um like I said, I you know my voice is a little distinct. Um, people recognize mm. it. Um, sometimes I'm actually called sir, which isn't always that fun, but <laughs> that's okay. Is it better than ma'am? Uh, yes, actually, yes, yeah, yeah. I think I get a little more respect. <laughs> you make seventy five cents more. You, when you got it. You got it. Hour. But um, not as a DJ, but you know, yeah. been on the radio. Um, you know, just promoting stuff that I've had to do. You know, okay. go on and you do a little promotion thing. Mm. The thing with with like. I don't know. You, I'm sure you guys realize this when you interview people that you know. It's comfortable. Mark yep. and I are just having a conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not, it's not forced laughter. I think he's hilarious. You know, we crack each other up. So when you have that with somebody, it's very different than if I showed up and like, uh, Mark, this is Julie. Julie, this is Mark. Go. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so yep. it's it's so different, you know. But yeah, he has to be really careful. <laughs> when, when I was on as a guest, I I think I enjoyed more watching the two of you work the radio shows. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I'd never actually been on radio in, as a guest or anything other way. And I was like, oh, this is neat. Like watching the two of you do it. I yeah. forgot that I was part supposed to be part of the, <laughs> the event. <laughs> it was a blast. And like I said, that, that, that only came out of Mark, unfortunately, being like, I could use a coat. Okay. Alrighty, <laughs> I'm buddy. here. You asked for it. <laughs> and Mark's just too polite to be like, yeah. can, can you not come back anymore? Well, he's not paying you. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. God. Wow. So, yeah. Anytime I get a chance to do something, I, I jump at it. So. What, what's the one thing that you haven't had a chance to do, whether it's in comedy or acting or radio, but, but you would like to do or in anything in, at all, at all. At all. Ugh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I, you know, I think we all have these weird little things, but I would love to write like a, a one woman stage show and do mm. it and produce it and do it and have it be very, uh, you know, very much about, uh, where I'm at in my life, which yeah. I know sounds crazy. Uh, but I've learned more about myself in this decade of in my 50s yep. than I have in any other decade in my life. 
the worst part is my body is crap. <laughs> but my brain is like oh. the best it's ever been. Yeah. But I would just love to kind of do a, you know, like just a one woman show about, a, you know, a broken kid from a, you know, a mile, little square mile town called Randolph, you know, who's now just living, I'm living my best life, even if it's in Maine and I don't make a million dollars, you know, I get to, I do murder mystery dinner theater and I get to, I've done that for 25 years and I got paid to do that and have lifelong friends. And then I do crazy improv and I just make a complete fool of myself and people laugh and they pay us and I do stand up. I mean, it's like, it's an interesting little, you know, and a lot of my confidence has been in this last decade more so than I ever had because I care less and less. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So sure. it's it's. I would love to do that. I would love to do like a, just a whole one woman. Like I write it, produce it, That'd have be it awesome. be on stage, you know, and just do the whole deal. I'd um, pay to see it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe just more as a catharsisism for me. You yeah. know, it could be one of those horrible things like, oh my god, she's yelling at the audience. You know, those horrible <laughs> all in black. You I, don't know me. <laughs> you don't know my pain. You know? I don't care if any of you guys are here. <laughs> right? I'm I think people would love it. I think regardless, people would love it. (laughs) But it's weird how we covet what we don't have. Because my lifelong dream would have been a lounge singer at an airport lounge. I just thought that was like, you know, don't go change. That's right. Don't go changing because you're the best. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. Is that still a thing? Of course not. Of course not. Remember, I was a kid in the 60s and 70s. I'm wondering. I I mean, I don't travel as much as I I used to. And really, I was only like once or twice a year. But... I've never encountered that. I thought that, that was ever. like the most glamorous thing ever. They would just come out in that whole sequin thing, <laughs> yeah. the big tip jar on the piano and this smoky little thing. She'd lay on the piano. I'm like, God, I want to do that. That's, that's, funny. That's, that's the job I want. That could be part of your one woman show though. Yeah. You could come out and do, pretend to be that character. Yeah. In, in an ill-fitting gown. That yeah. would even be hilarious. Yeah. You know? and, then, and then it's tear away. You tear it away and you're in the all black and then you can smoke a cigarette and do your 45 minutes and... People at the end will give a standing ovation. Yeah. I can picture it. Yeah. I, this I will love happen. it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I, I will tell you. Awesome. My, <laughs> my mother is a, you have a generation where you just work. You work hard. Yep. You, you, know, you pay your bills. You do your stuff. So a lot of what I do, she she cannot wrap her head around. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? You know, why do you do this? This weird, <laughs> you know, stuff. And I remember once. This this will tell you the, the support system that I have. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Best of My Love was the first 45 that I got. And you probably don't even know the song. But I uh, I belted it out like, you know, like it was the end of the world. I choreographed it, the whole thing. So I went to show my mother. And I was like, I want to be a singer. And yeah. she was like, you'd be a good backup singer. Ooh. How old were you? How old were you? I, was, I think I was 11. Oh, my God. Oh. You can't do that to an 11-year-old. Based in This is a woman based in reality. Yeah. Okay? Like, could you take a minute and maybe not deflate my spirit at 11? I can't even tell my 12-year-old daughter not to have a bagel cream cheese in the morning without her, like, melting down. <laughs> Don't body shame me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't imagine telling her you'd be a good backup a good, singer. And, and, but I think oh. in her defense. Yeah. I obviously wasn't that good of a singer. And no, she didn't yeah. want to be like, all right, so I'll throw this out. You'd be a good backup singer. <laughs> so then I dreamed. She tried in yeah. her own little way. <laughs> Everyone oh, needs a backup man. singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. But that was the one thing that I would have, like, I, I'm just when I see people who can sing, I'm like. <laughs> I, I do. I, I actually would like to take voice lessons. I sing in the car and I sound really good. And then I try to sing a song by myself and it's like, oh God, I know that's bad. <laughs> 
know, like, I, don't. I, I wanted to do that too. I actually Take asked voice some, lessons. I actually I, I asked a singer friend of mine about oh. who I can ask about voice lessons. Two for one. Yeah. Uh, Masha Gallagher <laughs> in Hollowell. I'm actually it's just so weird. We're like uh, does this. I'm yeah. getting ready to take voice lessons. Oh, for Christ's sake! Her. Well, I had bought piano lessons for Jesse, my son. Yeah, okay. and then she knows me. Dennis Price, they, she does the piano for Dennis. Oh, um, yeah, Improv, yeah. Marsha. Oh, oh, she's fantastic. She's gifted. Yeah. And she also sings and does all that. And so I had told her one day, just, you know, having a conversation because we're the same age, like, I'm so jealous you get to sing. And she's like, you can sing, Julie. Uh-huh. She's like, the problem, no, the thing is, she's like, just what you just said, you have moments where you're good. Yeah. Okay. You have to train so that every moment is good. And if you don't, then the pitchiness starts and the, you know. People who don't just have that gift, like born with it, have to work at it, you know? And she was like, come take voice lessons with me. And I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, you know, next summer I'll rock out somewhere and, you know, tambourine and do my thing. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, she'll look her up. I'll look her up. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So you may may meet her with Dennis too. So yeah, she's great. She Hmm. does voice lessons. So yeah, whether it, you know, it won't become anything, but it'll be one of those like, check. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this is something I, I thought of. I want to do it, and I'm going to go do it. Right, yep. exactly. I, I, I like that. I like, it's, it's just like when you drive by McDonald's, and you're like, I want a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm driving and in. I'm, I'm gonna, getting it. And I'm going to bury this <laughs> deep in the trash, yeah, exactly. or we're all going to forget this happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can <laughs> burn this off later. I'm going to stuff the Burger King, rap, the, the McDonald's wrappers underneath the seat next to me, so there's no evidence. Where the hell do these come from? I don't know. I don't know. No, you just wait till <laughs> nobody's around. Okay. Yep. It's when you're we're driving home late at night and it's 11 p.m. and you're like, oh, I got to get gas. And you're like, oh, that's right. I got to throw this stuff away, too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done that. Yeah, yeah done me that. too. Throwing oh, that's things sad. in the trash at the gas station. <laughs> I used to the joke and say. never look there. <laughs> the only exercise I get is running up the street the next day after I've thrown the McDonald's bag out the night before so my husband won't see it. <laughs> in the road. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to leave it. You can't be a litter bug. So it's like, okay, next morning I'm just sprinting to go get it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's the exercise I get. You're not a litter bug. You're just hiding the evidence of a correct, crime. Correct, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if you looked at me, you'd be like, oh, she doesn't eat at McDonald's. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> it's like, who do you think you're getting? Who do you think you're hiding? People I, I, know you eat too much. <laughs> I, 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 People know I eat too much, but I'll be honest, I haven't had McDonald's or fast food in over a year. Oh, I don't. I, I, I'm really? joking. It's not my huge go-to. Okay. Do, my guilty pleasure right now are Charleston shoes. You know, oh, you really? freeze them and then you – oh, because it's like it's hot now. Yeah. And so you just smack – oh, my God, I love a frozen Charleston shoe. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All good stuff. Uh, speaking of things you don't love, Leonard. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, I meant, I meant that. I love uh, Leonard. I, no, we love speaking Leonard. Speaking not liking Leonard. No, oh, damn it. Let's start – let's edit that out. Yeah. Let's start, start again. Speaking of things you don't love, Leonard has a segment called – Curse the darkness. <laughs> so we'd like you to curse the darkness, complain about something that you don't have any plans to correct. She said before that she knew exactly what we were talking about. So Yeah. I did. I did. Um, if you went to my bedroom right now, you would say a 13-year-old girl lives here because there are clothes freaking everywhere. <laughs> um, there are mismatched socks. There are actually clean clothes in a laundry basket sitting on top of the bureau. <laughs> Uh. But something disconnects in Julie's brain. I was like, ooh, open drawers and put away stuff. Oh, I've got the same thing. And same. so when you, if you walk in my room, to me, <laughs> my bedroom is a synopsis of what it looks like in my brain. Uh. There is crap everywhere. <laughs> Nothing is organized. And you would be like, just put it in the drawers. It's right there. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm 57 years old. I'm not going to do it. It's not changing. I don't care. I have what I called controlled chaos in my world. And 
like I said, if you walked in my room, you'd be like a 13 year old girl. Did it start when you were 13? (laughs) I've always always been at work. I am meticulously organized in my personal life mess just ridiculous oh, so, so lead singers clean their room <laughs> <laughs> always a backup singer <laughs> yeah but i have no intention of fixing it i mean because obviously if i did i would have by now oh for sure and i live yep. with a really understanding husband who just just walks by you know because he'll shake his head especially when i say things like this clean did i wear this on how old are you? Well, it's more like, it's like, more are like, you going to smell a t-shirt right now? Yeah. <laughs> just, just for the convenience sake, I have a basket of clean clothes, like, you know, uh, on the dresser. And I was like, oh, well, hey, I know where my clean t-shirts are. And I'll just grab one right there. And are I'll... there clean t-shirts in the drawer as well, though? Like, yes. Did they eventually migrate their way into the drawer? Uh, not often enough. That's but fine. sometimes. I, I actually think I have empty drawers currently in my beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I have a drawer that has like three t-shirts yeah. in it. But and like, that I never wear. In, everything's in I the think Stuff in the drawer would be stuff that I, I have no intention of ever wearing. Yeah. Wow. It's out but, of the rotation. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I, I, I have no intention of changing that. There's no, there's no list. Like I need to get it together and I'm going to start. No, I'm not. That's, Is that just the one, th- that's it though? I mean, that's fine. That's oh, I've got a lot of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the big one to yeah. me. Cause you know, I mean, at my age you would think like. That's the most obvious. Cause serious? anyone who comes into your house could see that and be yeah, like, oh, Whoa, Jesus, Julie. <laughs> Julie. What the heck? <laughs> right. Do you have I thought your kids moved out. <laughs> Ignore nope. the Led Zeppelin poster and all the shit on the floor. It smells like, it like weed in here. Yeah. What's going on? Hey, that's all right. Just leave them out. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny you say that. The older I get, the less I care about any of that stuff. Oh. I'm like worried like at 80, I'm going to be, oh, LSD? Yeah, let me try it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the time to do it. Right. Who cares at yeah. this point? You know, it's like, whatever. So, she, it, when you drop dead at 80, it really doesn't matter why. <laughs> well, I, I smoked for years. I was a cigarette smoker for yeah. 30 years. And I remember one time at work, you know, being like, oh, I got to quit. This can take years off my life. And one of my friends said, just the bad ones. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great justification. I still quit, but it was yeah, a great no, justification. It's better to have quit. <laughs> I mean, from, from 50 to 60, 60 to 70, that's probably some pretty good years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no they will be. You'll have that one woman show. If I could get my crap together. (laughs) Put your clothes away. Start writing your one woman show and Uh let's get, you know, let's get it done. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us, Julie. That's been really great to have you. I'm I'm so pleased to have you in my garage. (laughs) Thanks for having me in your garage. (laughs) That weed killer right there is not, well, whatever it is. (laughs) <laughs> I, no, forget yeah. it. Yeah, gotta, yeah. I, I thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I love you both you. dearly, so and I'm really enjoying your podcast. Thank and you. I listen to it in the car and prepare for next episodes to drop. So I hope everybody will give comedy think tanked a listen. Wow, <laughs> and you say it so well too. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I learned to enunciate a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, okay. Well, no, uh, <laughs> part of acting, you know, um, was that main accent. You you got you got to get rid of that. Uh, I, it, and I worked at it. And when I'm tired, I will hear it come out. But I, I don't know if you know, but I do work hard to enunciate, you know, without you, because it was part of theater. They were just like, you can't be doing that. You can't sound like a, but I, a well, fool. I, but, but I answered the phone one time and I'll never forget it. And I was like, what's the number? Uh, <laughs> Did I just say number? <laughs> I was like, number. oh my God. All right, take two. What's the number? <laughs> so it's there, but it's just, I, I keep it stuffed. We'll get you drunk sometime. And yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Julie. All right. 
Julie Pullen, everyone. She tells us you all have seen her stand-up set, but if you haven't, and even if you have, be sure to go see her again when you get the chance. Yes, please do. She is a versatile lady who can be heard on the Restless Shores podcast and any number of stand-up comedy shows this summer. We wish her all the best in her future voiceover, acting, and comedy gigs, and can't wait to work with her again real soon. Thanks again to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our very own website, ComedyThinkTank.com. And email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. That's (laughs) T-A-N-K-E-D. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Leonard. Yeah, you're welcome. Music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. Yeah, there there have been times where I've gone to bed and I was like, why did I need to eat a sandwich right before bed? Why did I make this? Why did I need a sandwich? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm going to bed. It's not like I need energy right now. <laughs>